Several years ago, author Brian McLaren kind of electrified the church and scholars within the church when he set up uh, f- the four stages of faith that resonated so much within members of the church, even though Brian himself is not a member. These stages of faith are actually reflected in an interesting way across our plan of salvation and across uh, Nephite civilization, as we'll talk about this class and in the next class. Join us today while we're talking about these stages of faith that we see in people all around us and what drives us uh, in each one of these stages, as well as uh, the effect that that has on uh, the people that we love. Good, good discussion. And welcome to another Monday Morning Book of Mormon class with Kevin Hinckley. Recorded live, we dive deeply and deliberately into this inspired scripture. How far we get in one class depends a lot on the material and the doctrines left for us by ancient prophets. A single chapter may occupy one class or many. Of course, opinions expressed by the teacher or the class members do not constitute official church doctrines. Join us in this adventure and discover the hidden treasures found within its pages. And now, on to the class. Well, uh, let me go ahead and, and begin because I think this is this is actually a good lead-in to to what I wanted to, to talk about today. And I I apologize that some of this is going to be repeating a little bit of some of the things we've talked about in the past. But I want you to hopefully you'll see where it's going because we're, we're going to kind of expand this a bit. Um, President Monson. God's revelations to Adam did not instruct Noah how to build the ark. (laughs) Noah needed his own revelation. Therefore, the most important prophet, as far as you and I are concerned, is the one living in our day and age to whom the Lord is currently revealing his will for us. Beware of those who would pit the dead prophets against the living prophets, for the living prophets always take precedence. Okay? Challenge? Makes sense? You know, um, President Nilsson talks about the fact that the, the restoration is ongoing. That means that things that are being revealed now may not have ever been revealed before. So, but, but I also remember Neil Maxwell talking about the fact that the ship, the church is like a huge aircraft carrier. <laughs> and if it turns too fast, all the, shit, all the planes slide off. And sometimes if we move quickly, administratively or doctrinally, there are always going to be people going, that's not how President Hinckley did it, or or, that's not how Brigham Young would have done it, or that's not, and we're trying to say, because this is what I know, and this is what I'm used to, and this is what I'm comfortable with, and I can't believe that Elder X is moving that direction. It's not right, dang it. It's not right. Uh, and I think the older we get, the harder it is to want to cling to stuff that we've known in the past. Yeah. Yeah, so I think President Nelson, to me, has emphasized, as have previous prophets, that they're actually 
more of a catalyst. They bring us the message, but we actually have a right and a responsibility to receive the message directly yeah. to the Holy Spirit. And, and President Nelson and some others have pointed out that we are not going to have the capacity to embrace the message well enough if we don't do it that way. That no matter how good of a prophet he is, I'm not going to be able to hang on to what he teaches unless the Spirit yeah. guides me there. Well, I think we do it intentionally, don't we? Because I've mentioned before, I remember when I'm old enough to have remembered 1978 and hearing the... Uh, the, the change uh, with uh, extending the priesthood to all worthy male members, right? And going, wow, that's huge. That's big. And as much as I was excited by it, I still felt that real need that I needed to get my own reassurance, my own testimony. I remember driving uh, off to, to 7-Eleven about 10.30 at night to go to work and stuff like that and driving and praying and thinking about it and getting such a rush of going, this is so important. And this is so true. And this is right. And getting my own testimony that this was right was... Same time, thousands of members of the church left the church. They did. Yeah, I mentioned my, my grandfather said, you know, there was a guy in sacrament meeting when they went to sustain th this thing in sacrament meeting. He's like, I cannot accept that, you know. And, and I, I, that's why there's space that... If we allow ourselves to grow, we're going to it's going to test us and it's going to try us. Uh, so against against that backdrop, then um, this is why I want to repeat a little bit some of what I taught in a, we talked about earlier, but I but I want to set it up so that we see the Book of Mormon uh, maybe from a little different angle because uh, I want to I want to talk about uh, the. Uh, Stages of faith that many people uh, go through, and and see, uh, and again, we've talked about this a little bit, but just kind of as a reminder, uh, it's 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 easy when we start off in the church, especially when we're young or we're a new convert or, or something like that. We start actually kind of in a state of simplicity, uh, and simplicity is really kind of circling the wagons, if you will, kind of living inside the fortress. We're going to be inside the circle. Uh, now, what happens when we are in simplicity and inside the circle that, that sets us up for a lot of dualistic black and white thinking? It's all or nothing. It's, uh, it's kind of us versus them. It's the us's and the them's them's. <laughs> you know, it's the, the, the saints and the Gentiles, the good guys and the bad guys, the guys with the truth and the guys with the falsehoods. You know, it's just, it's this. And an interesting thing about counseling-wise, whenever I encounter somebody that is really kind of in dualistic, all-or-nothing thinking, I always find an element of fear sitting under, down underneath black and white thinking. It just seems to be the bedrock that a lot of times fear drives us into black and white thinking. Uh, we are afraid of something, and we're not always afraid of... We're not always knowing what that is. And so certainly, for instance, I see a lot of black and white thinking in people struggling with depression. Depression brings with it absolutist, all-or-nothing thinking. 
this is the worst day of my life. Nobody will ever love me. Uh, you know, I will always be alone. This never is going to, this will never change. You know, this, people are always this way. You know, church is always this way. Bishops are always that way. You know, there's just this all or nothing when we're in simplicity. Uh, and, and so, you know, sometimes you'll hear it when, when people are going to recommend you to, do you know a good plumber? Yeah, I know, I know a good plumber. He's a good Christian man. <laughs> Which on one level is a, okay, you know, we're going to expect some things, but it's always like, we're not going to say, you know, I know a good plumber. He's not a good Christian guy. Or he's a non-Christian. You say, well, <laughs> you got to go, go work with him. <laughs> okay? But, but when we're in this all or nothing absolutist kind of thing, we can be that way in simplicity. Okay? Uh, and if you're in simplicity and black and white thinking, then you really got to roll back to you know, got to know exactly what the rules are. Hang tight to the rules and authority becomes super important. It's top down, tell us what to do marching orders don't ask for yourself you just do what you're you're supposed to do and it's about authority and it's laws focused yeah so how does that when we're teaching our kids because that also we're teaching them in simplicity yep we are because that's where they are i'm good or i'm bad yeah and so how do you teach kids that it's not Oh boy, is that a great question? Yeah, because they're going to want to think about. I don't know. Do you guys ever had the experience of driving down the road with like a seven or eight year old, where they're right at that peak of black and white thinking, and they're going, "How fast are you driving? <laughs> the speed limit's forty miles an hour. Dad, you're speeding." You know, Maybe you're gonna, yeah, you might be doing some of that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question, Joan. I think we all need some simplicity. We, we all got to start in simplicity, right? Got to learn the rules. And it doesn't hurt to get drawn back into that every once in a while. Like uh, if you're talking about, uh, okay, an example would be I could think of not criticizing the bishop, yeah. you know, just, just because something, whatever. Right. Right. So your brain goes, is that a good bishop or a bad bishop? A oh, bad bishop. So I don't listen to anything he says. But I think every once in a while, uh, you shouldn't stay there. I understand as you mature, as you mature as a person right. in the church. But every once in a while, it doesn't hurt to get drawn back in. That's why so many people say they like to teach in primary because they get back to the. <laughs> yeah, you get back to the simplicity, right? Well, and that, that's why, and I think that's a really good point. I think we're, the, the stages that we're going to talk about, we need to see it as rings of a tree, that it, it grows and then another layer grows on top of that. You don't abandon, you don't abandon the first one. You grow on top of that as, because it becomes your core that you grow from. Rather than saying, I'm going to leave simplicity, I never go back there because there was nothing valuable there, and now I'm matured so I don't need any of that. We're just saying, no, that was our core that we... It, the next year grows another ring around that thing, but it's surrounding what we grew up with. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. One of the things that I was wondering how you were going to put that picture in. Yeah, what does that have to do with anything, right? No, no, I could think. Yeah. But, you know, we start out with the black and white thinking, and then as we get to know people and realize that that person is one of the gray areas, then that's when our thinking starts to change to oh. be mature. And then, to me, another stage is not necessarily experiencing it yourself, but understanding someone else's situation from someone else, not necessarily you experiencing yourself, but realize that other people will have experiences that can add on to this gray area. And this is where you learn to love each other and understand God's love for us. Even though we're different, we don't all fit in this nice little box. Okay. And we understand that God loves us individually and not only those that fit in this nice little box. Okay. And with that, we're done. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs> no, I, I think that, that's true. Kind of watch, watch and see where this goes, because I, I think it's exactly that. But one other thing I want you to know that in simplicity, it's like somebody in their very first year of college or something like that. In simplicity, they believe that absolute, can always, absolute truth can always be absolutely known. <laughs> I am certain with my one class in psychology that I know about why people do what they do. <laughs> Period. It is a, it's an overconfident I know. It's all about absolute truth. Uh, and uh, anyway, so, so we're always rolling back to we, we have to know exactly what truth is and I know it for sure. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. Simplicity. Now, yes? That can cause us trouble in the church because, as you cited at the first, ongoing revelation. Yes. And we yes. Have, uh, and we have a previous prophet that said what we thought was absolute truth. That's right. We're going to have the Mormon minute. <laughs> this is going to be the "I'm the Mormon" campaign. We love. We're, we're going to emphasize Mormons, and then we go. Well, we're not going to use that word anymore, and we go. Bah. But President Hinckley, and, and at that moment, but... But that's not, that's not the prophet saying the Mormon minute is absolute truth. That's administrators, maybe even including the prophet. And marketing saying, people. Who's saying this Mormon minute is a, is a thing that's working well. We should do this. Yes. That's, that's a whole difference. But, that's not the same as doctrine change. Well, but, but if you're in simplicity and the prophet said, there is that black and white, if the prophet said it. Remember, remember when President Joseph Fielding Smith said, man will never walk on the moon. The prophet has said, as the prophet, man will never walk on the moon. He didn't say that as the prophet. <laughs> well, he was in the but first presidency. Is, yeah, yeah. And, and so so I remember. That's right. In August, but in August of, of 1969, and they said you said, and he says, well, I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Or or when or when Bruce R. McConkie, you know, is going to have to say in August of 1978. Everything I have said on this topic, including writing and stuff like that, everything we have said collectively as a brethren, was not true. The new revelation changes everything. Well, if you're in simplicity, like we're talking about, there were a lot of people that went simplicity. 
the prophet said it, it's done and it won't ever change because it came from God's mouth and God doesn't change because in simplicity that's the mindset make sense? Okay, so, so hang on to the idea about what we teach kids uh, because generally what happens that next stage of growth as we get older sometimes it happens as we're going off to college uh, or we start to encounter, we, we go to work somewhere, maybe we finally move out of Utah, you know, so, 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 so. okay. Oh, by the way, I like this one. Dad, what causes wind? That's uh, tree sneezing. <laughs> really? No, the truth is more complicated than that. <laughs> oh, okay, well, wow, the trees are really sneezing today. <laughs> when we're in simplicity, life's easy, right? Okay, all right. So complexity. Now comes the next stage of growth here. This is when we actually start engaging with, with others. We kind of come out of the circle. We come out of the fortress. And complexity is like, like working a puzzle. It's not, we find out things aren't as simple as we thought. Uh, now as I engage, I see, I, I, I see two types of complexity here. Uh, that over time that I've been through and I, I think you guys would have un engaged as well. There's like early complexity. This is well, this is like I have one foot in simplicity inside the fortress and one step outside of that and we call that missionary work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get called on my mission. I live inside simplicity church is true. I know with every fiber of my being, we have a living prophet who speaks the words of God. And then I go to Brazil, or I step outside and now I engage with a Methodist, or I engage, and now I have to engage with other people and other churches and other situations. And in that early, in early complexity, I have to defend my circle. So I've got to know enough about the Baptist to blast them. I have to know enough scriptures that I can scripturally bash, you know, and I, I remember as a missionary, we always kind of had this vision in our mind. It was like our, our, our quad is like in our pocket and we're talking to a Catholic priest and which one of us is going for our gun first? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're off. <laughs> I got my scripture. You got your scripture. Yeah, we're off. Ah. You know, we're going to bash like crazy and who's going to win the bash? You know, and we've got scripture chains just going over here, and then I'm going to go over here, and then the Jehovah's Witnesses say this, so then you respond with this scripture, this scripture, this scripture, and we're off. You know, and, and, uh, and by the way, if you want to see this kind of thing, go to any cable news network about now. <laughs> and you're going to have two people getting ready with different ideas to let's, let's uh, defend my circle. And, that, and, and uh, sometimes that means convert, I'm trying to convert you or gatekeeping. It is my job as a practicing member of the church to watch on any social media for anybody to disparage the church in any way. And then I'm going to blast like crazy. Or I'm seeing everybody leaving like somebody is, has left the church and now it's their job to spot anybody on social media saying anything positive about the church. And it's my job to start slinging Joseph Smith and teenage wives. You know, I'm going to start beating. I got to let you know that it's a hundred billion dollar organization, and like all billionaires, they're just all corrupt. And you know, and it's just like the gatekeeping is. It's my responsibility to protect where I am now. 
Okay, I will protect my fort, my new fortress. Yeah. You can go as far as gospel doctrine class, and if somebody expresses a an idea that is a little off the straight and narrow path, then there's the gatekeepers that have to testify, and yes, and, and their defense is, well, I have testimony of this. Yes. And. And of course, the person that expressed the new idea—they're thinking shuts, through it. It shuts them down. Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. What, what do you do with that? That says, "I'm having a hard time." That Joseph Smith did such fill in the blank. Yeah. And and you're right. Someone on the other side of the room will tend to go. I know with every fiber of my being. And. And now, you know, and, and you're right. And they're coming out of simplicity. And sometimes they're coming out of kind of early complexity that it's my job. I'm going to quote scripture and verse. And, and, I, and, and by the way, and if you don't agree with that, then what? Then you are off. Yes. My, my testimony is more better than your testimony. You're just not there yet, you know, and there is a arrogance and pride in terms of that's why I say when you look back at simplicity, it is based on I know the truth and I'm going to sit on truth. And again, as any of us that's lived more than, you know, 10 minutes, you start to learn that there's a lot you don't know about a lot of what you don't know. But when you're in simplicity, you know. Okay, yeah. I think this complexity is a real learning experience for us. Should be. Other people. One Sunday, a little, a little bit ago, years ago, come follow me, first came out, fifth Sunday was devoted to that. And the yes. And a brother got up and gave a wonderful little talk to all of us about how to do it with families and such. And one brother who's divorced and gets his children every other weekend. Yeah raised his hand and says, I'm having a real hard time with this. I'm having a hard time getting them to want to listen. He's trying to get the manual out, trying to do all this. And when he was over, all these sisters, myself included, run over to him and try to help him. Instead of saying, oh, you shouldn't say, you know, I told him he was very brave. Yeah, for, for bringing it up bringing it up because that's probably even people who have a better home situation than he does yeah. are probably having similar problems. And that can go with anything else. Yeah. If someone stands up and says, I'm having a real hard time with some of this Joseph Smith, whatever, we all should go to him later and talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. What would have happened in that situation though, if somebody would have said, I understand you're struggling, but I have a testimony. <laughs> I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you will do this, you won't lose your kids, for for sure. And, and so, so, in other words, what it's saying. But if you don't, or if you're not righteous enough, or you don't believe enough, then your kids will turn out bad, just like Adams. Yeah, and Lehi's. Yeah. Point I'm trying to make. Yeah. All of us at some time will be around or in a meeting where something like this happens. Yeah. We all have a responsibility how we pay. Yeah. He got up in testimony meeting later, thanking the sisters. He said you were all sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And talked and spoke with me. 
Right. So that's something we all can do. Just, be, you know, I used to tell my kids just get mad about something in school. They knew they were right. Yeah. And that's great. You know you're right, but it ain't going to change anything. No. So just knowing you're right doesn't always, doesn't always mean the world's going to change for you. Here's what happens over time. Early complexity is I'm, I'm really kind of capture and convert, or I'm gatekeeping, I'm trying to protect my orthodoxy the way that I understand that. Um, by the way, it is, it is interesting. I, I heard that there's a group on, on social media, it was a fascinating question that said, uh, basically, we, you know, we're following the prophet, we're going to believe the prophet, uh, and because the, the prophet is right, he knows what he's doing, and then somebody put a question up that said, what would happen if the church ever endorsed same-sex marriage? And I was surprised how many of them said, said, then I'd leave. And I go, well, isn't that interesting? That if if the prophet is going to stand up and say, we're going to endorse something along those lines, it's like, well, then I'm leaving because he's now gone astray. And I'm thinking... Whose orthodoxy are you following here? You know, I'm going to follow the prophet as long as the prophet agrees with me. But if I have a different of opinion, then the prophet's the one that's out of the way. Because I don't agree with that. Now, do I think it's, that's going I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting that for people that were in simplicity or early complexity drawing a hard line, there was a point at which they would step out of that if it's different than what I think should happen. Yeah. So a lot of the challenge there for me would be how do you define the church endorsing same-sex marriage? If the church was to come out and say, we think that governments have the right and people have the right to make the decision and governments can allow people to get married same-sex, but we won't allow it under our version of God's law, that wouldn't cause me any grief at all. Okay, Jim, you, you, what's your, you're, you're taking me to the right place. Well, we already said that because people, uh, I, I think of Dallin Oaks uh, when the woman in, in Kentucky wouldn't uh, issue the marriage certificate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he spoke against her. Yeah, we supported that. So, and so here's what happens. Here's what happens. Early complexity, defend my circle. Late complexity is how do I accommodate new information that seems to contradict what I understood? How do I redefine the thing? How do I what do I do with this new information? What, what do I do? I've mentioned this before. What if I'm somebody that I'm, I'm really an orthodox guy but I'm, in, but I'm studying science and the more I get into science and geology and stuff like that it's like some parts of evolution make sense, but that seems to be contradicting Genesis. And now, so now I've got, I've got a, I've got a puzzle. I've got, I'm getting new information. Baptists, bad. bad. They're all bad. But my neighbor is really good. I mean, I think the Baptists do have to do that a lot with us around here. It's like Mormons, bad. Them, bad. Cult, bad. But my neighbor seems so nice, and they're they're Mormon, and their kids are. They seem happy. You're not supposed to be happy. In my simplicity, the others are miserable because they're in a cult and they're brainwashed. But really, he's got a PhD, and you're still in that church. I. What do I do with that? 
Well, it's like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, when I was in school, okay, I was a biology major, microbiology major. Yeah. So I ran into some of this. Sure. At BYU. Yes. Oh, okay. uh, well, yeah. And, uh, you know, you get, like, the simplicity when you're in high school. You think, oh, I know everything about this whatever subject it is. Mm -hmm. And then if you study into college and then master's and PhD, you're like, it changes from, I know all of this stuff to, oh, here's a lot of stuff I don't know. And, and some of it might contradict what I thought like, I knew in simplicity. Right. I one time knew this guy. He was a family meeting brother, and he was a math major. Mm -hmm. And I meant, oh, like one and one and two. And he says, well, yeah, but when you really get into math, you realize there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> you know? And I think it's the same thing with any of this, not just other secular subjects, but with this too. As we get to know and understand, we get yeah. into this more complex that right. helps you understand, yeah, you start out with the simplicity, but that is just a basis. Do, do you know what's funny? I, I think, uh, do you know what this happens all the time? Any, any of you that have been married more than two years <laughs> would go from simplicity, ah, angels are singing, ah, to he's kind of obnoxious at certain times. <laughs> now, how do you make that last two years? <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe six months. <laughs> I, I love this guy, but man, he never picks up his socks or he just, you know. It's like suddenly I've got new information about, well, I thought I knew her, but wow. <laughs> I know. I'm being very careful here. Okay. Um, but I, I just think uh, on a continuum, we're, you, we're coming out of simplicity. We tend to be kind of full of vim and vigor, I think, when we're, we believe that we know. But the more information we get, we realize we don't know. And then we've got to start putting a puzzle together about what it is that is true and how does that change what I thought? How do I expand how I think? Uh, and so late complexity is, is an interesting uh, place to be in terms of faith. Okay, now, for some people to get all the way out on late complexity, which is I can't reconcile what I now know or now what I believe to anything that I learned in simplicity. Uh, and that's when a lot of people then drop into perplexity. And this is kind of the the faith crisis thing. And what that really means is there's a lot of doubt and loss and you're going to reject past simplicity. You know, the most popular people in all pop culture right now are former Mormons. Used to be a Mormon. That's like a, you know, that's a, that's a medal on your chest. I used to be a Mormon, but now... Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. The... Uh, at this uh, conference that, that I was just at, one of our uh, speakers, and uh, he performed a little bit, was uh, Brandon Flowers of the Killers, who was a you know, great pop group, filled stadium, stuff like that. Not as much now, but uh, Brandon uh, was amazing. But part of, uh, he, he was interviewed in terms of his own faith journey and the things that he believes. And Part of this was kind of like, how did you not reject everything? You lived in this world and everything. And he had some really interesting things to say about what he, how he, he sees his faith journey. He says, I have a religious gene. <laughs> it just has drawn me in. Um, but even then, he said that his, 
while his, uh, he was on tour and he'd married a, a wonderful lady who wasn't a member of the church and his mom finally gave her a Book of Mormon and she loved it and she just really embraced it and he was looking at, I, I don't know why I didn't, hadn't, didn't do this earlier, right? Uh, so I'm now a big Brandon Flowers fan even though I'd never heard him sing until last weekend. Um, but but there is a there is a sense at which we yeah go ahead Jim yeah I, I've got a son who's in perplexity with his wife thankfully they're together on the same page uh, ethically I'm I'm grateful that he is standing up for what he misunderstands <laughs> you know he's going to stand solidly on what he, he believes. Well, I mean, I think, I think we all tend to think that, I like that we understand more than we do all through our life, yeah. even though we continually are learning that what we understood yesterday wasn't correct. Yeah. But we know we're correct now, and that's where he is, and that's where I am. Sure. And uh, I just am I'm grateful that ethically he stands for what he misunderstands, and I try to do the same. I, I, and ultimately, that's where we're going next. That's the next step. Uh. If you go back to the high complexity, yeah, I think every missionary before the before the. 1978 announcement on the priesthood. I, that, that was me. Four four months before, I was teaching solid Bruce R. McConkie-ish. So, so um, we tried to... We we know that that was not right. Yeah. And so... Yes. I'm going to ask a really out there question. So, well, we have other people that would like so, to testify if you're off the... If you're off the okay. <laughs> So, no, way back when the policy was established, yeah. Now we're we're hearing that you only sustain stuff that is uh, sustained by all the general authorities. Mm-hmm. Now that's how they justify. In one way of saying, that's how they justified the fact that Brigham Young was off the beam back then. In March of 1856, we know yeah. the we know the moment. So. Yeah. Had had somebody said something back then? Orson Orson uh, so, Pratt Orson Pratt did. Yeah. So are you talking about blacks in the priesthood? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there were blacks who held the priesthood. Oh, absolutely. I know. Absolutely. I, I know. But, but my point is that you know why didn't why wasn't the ship corrected? I know. Back then. I know. Or, or Orson Pratt said, "Angels will weep." If we do this, and but but back then, in it, the, the church, and if we had another hour, I'd say the church at that moment really was in its greatest simplicity. We'd come out of, we'd come out of uh, abusive, dangerous situations. They'd come to the valleys, and they were in their greatest moment of simplicity, and that means the greatest amount of hierarchical thing. And what Brigham Young said, Brigham Young said, "Paint your barn, you paint your barn." If he says, "Go get the carts," we go get the carts. You know, and it, and and in that situation, it had to be authoritarian, top down. It's the only way we were going to survive. And because of that, even theologically, it went through Brigham Young. And so, even though Orson Pratt was saying, "Let's not do this," we're, we're about to make Deseret a slave state, slave territory. If we allow this, he he said in territorial Congress, "No, this is what we're going to do," and they did it. Period. 
And we look back on it, and it's hard on our sensibilities now to go, we have a hard time picturing that. But if you, we're going to talk about all of these steps in terms of the Book of Mormon before we get done, but the church has gone through these stages, I think. That was a political, not a doctrinal decision. But, but it was made doctrinal by everybody around her. That's right. That's so, right. because it was made doctrinal back then, yeah. it required a revelation. There was never a revelation. Well, no, no, it required. Oh, a oh yes, yes, correct? yes, yes, yes. That's uh, President Kimball was saying it was going to take a revelation because this, we had history and tradition so long of this as doctrine that we see it as policy, but it's going to take a revelation to. Yeah. It was a lot easier when they said, we're not going to have local uh, 70s. Yeah. And they said, we, the, the brethren in Salt Lake said, we have misinterpreted the Doctrine and Covenants on this matter for a hundred years. Right. And, and, and we need to quit misinterpreting it. Well, you know, I wasn't 70 at that time. Uh. And it, got, it didn't bother me a speck, and I didn't know any 70s that it bothered. It did take a revelation in, in 1894 from Wilford Woodruff to say, I have now received a revelation that you quit adopting yourself to Brigham Young and Joseph Smith, stuff like that. Be sealed to your parents. Be sealed, seal your parents to their parents. Uh, and, the, the, and behind that were people going, yeah, but we don't know if they'll accept the church. So you're, you're hitching your star to somebody we don't know in the next life. With it. And he's saying, they will. And this is my word of God to all the presidents of the temples. Stop adopting and seal everybody. And that was 50 years after Nauvoo. And what they were basically saying is, we did it wrong for 50 years. Ooh, okay. And, and, and we, turn, we turned on a dime. Because prior to that, my, I, I've mentioned my pioneer grandfather, Arza Hinckley, had been sealed to his mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, and great-great-grandmother. Like, who are all these people? Oh, Oh, he was sealing them to them to save save them so they wouldn't be there wasn't a chance you'd be lost in the eternities so they got to be sealed here in case they don't accept the gospel <laughs> Wilford Wilford Gold they will but he says I received a revelation a voice told me so anyway uh, so when we're in perplexity you're going to not only do you reject everything you were taught there is a real tendency at this point to doubt authority in general and even worse to distrust your own belief and experiences a lot of times in perplexity if it's the church that you're struggling with and you're walking away at one point you're saying I had a firm testimony of the church and I bore testimony on my mission that I knew with every fiber of my being now I think it was just an electronic thing in my in my brain snapses and I was wrong so now I'm going to trust my own gut I'm going to trust my own heart I'm going to trust my own thoughts I can't trust me I I was wrong I know I'm wrong but now how will I know if anything's right in the future that's why perplexity can be a really tough place because I'm not just distrusting the prophet but I'm going to tr distrust any organization uh, and because my experience is organizations can lead us down the garden path and then I will, I will say and believe things that aren't true. And now I hate myself because I did that. 
Perplexity is hard place, guys. I've had people sit in my office with tears running down their face, going, I wish I could believe, and I can't. Yeah? I didn't start college until I was 23. I went to a community college, and I took biology one And the first week, they taught us that there are absolutely not any absolutes in science. <laughs> and, you know, it's an ongoing study, you know. Except for climate change, because that <laughs> science is settled. <laughs> but anyway. But the next week, they taught evolution. And I had just joined the church. And so uh, I'm listening to yeah. Yeah. There was nothing about the possibility of a creator in any of their theories. And so I went up to my instructor. That, since I was older, he was my age. <laughs> and uh, he, I said, I'm not sure all scientists believe this. All scientists, it's, it's, uh, it's 100%. I said, well, my bishop is a professor, is the head of the life science department at the University of Illinois. That was across the uh-huh, uh-huh. He said, Joseph Larson? I said, yes, he's my bishop. And he said, he was my faculty advisor when I got my master's degree. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm just questioning whether or not the way you're doing this is the way everybody believes absolutely. I wasn't questioning, because there are things about it. Yeah. So, institute class, the college age group, which I went to, yeah. the instructor was very much simplicity on He was an English major. That's right. Very much Six days, man. Yeah, and so there were students in there, getting graduate <laughs> students who were disagreeing. And so Bishop Larson, he was became state president, yeah, yeah. came and spoke to us. And when he got to explaining some of his ideas, I haven't had any trouble yeah. with evolution since. And I can see that there's some truth to it. Sure. But uh, anyway, I wish I all of us could hear the way he explained it. Yeah. But what taught me was that, okay, don't say that there are not any absolutes yeah. unless you pick and choose what you want. I've, I've, I've told the story that uh, Stephen Peck at, at BYU, who's a big evolution guy, mm-hmm. had, had struggled for years with gen- reconciling the two. And he says he prayed long and hard until finally one night he was praying and, and he heard an actual voice say, yes, there's an answer. <laughs> and, and that was it and he says so I believe that there's an answer <laughs> we just haven't been given it yet uh, okay so in perplexity though we can really become kind of angry and cynical because you feel like you got betrayed you feel like you got hurt and you feel like you betrayed yourself yeah I can't help but mention I think younger people evolution was a really big deal when I was young yeah if you were a good member of the church, you didn't believe in evolution. That's right. Joseph Fielding Smith, and yeah. People today, it's, I don't it's, it's not. Deal. It's and not. Like our daughter, she just said, "Well, I believe God created everything through evolutionary means, through the steps of evolution." And the way I look at it is, the people that are hardcore you know, don't even listen to evolution. It's like there has been a lot that has been discovered that is very interesting and very worthwhile. And so, so let's not shut all the science down. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But there are ways to... Yeah, and as you look at it... And I think that's, and that, that's part of, I think, the, the, one of the, the struggles that we have if we stay in simplicity. Because, guys, there are going to be people that stay in simplicity their entire lives, and they live wonderful lives, and they live happy lives. And, 
and, and yet, and so some, sometimes though, in complexity though, there's additional light and knowledge that can come. And, and sometimes the only problem with simplicity is having a hard time when the aircraft carrier turns a bit and decide what you do with that. <laughs> I, I disagree because I, I feel like I am simplicity. And, yeah. you know, we don't this is the simplicity go sisters over here. <laughs> okay. The go, you know, we just we go just go paint. Go. Yeah, we're just yeah, but you guys, you know what though? I don't think you guys are, and I will prove it in just a second. Oh, okay. so I, I like your simplicity model. Yeah, you've got the picture of those cancerous interlopers in the middle of our our planes. Now we need to surround and run around and shoot arrows out. Down boy, down boy. Okay, hold, hold on to that for a second. Okay. All right, so. Okay, because do you know what? Actually, I believe ultimately, I, I'm actually now in simplicity. And I'll tell you why. Okay, I'm ready. I'm just going to hang that out there, right? I'm ready. Okay. You're ready to go. Okay, so we go through this period of time, and it's a struggle, and it's a wrestle while you're trying to understand some things that are going on. The, the, next, the, the next step for a lot of, and there are a lot of people that stay here and people that stay in perplexity too long, I think stay bitter and I think they stay angry and I think it's a hard place. But for people that are grieving and changing, it's a necessary place. Does that, does that make sense? You've got, if you're reframing how you see the world or even how you see the church or how you see the Lord, sometimes it takes a disruption of what you thought before you can rebuild it. If you're going to grow a garden, you've got to rototill the thing first, right? And when, when you've rototilled, or if you're going to repaint the house and you're just stripping stuff and stuff like that, the house looks awful. The garden is torn up before you can start to replant and put something else in that. So if we're just going to avoid ever tearing up the garden, we're, we might get a little bit of plant, but we're not going to get the growth that could be there if we're af too afraid to kind of go through the, the questioning process. Okay? All right. So... It is wrestling. It very much is wrestling. Okay? Now, and so there's also, like I say, a lot of hurt and loss that says I have to rethink. And I, and I lost some of my certainty about things, which is a reframing. Now, I think, I think the, one of the places then that most people then are, if, if you're going to work through this, over time when the healing has begun and you kind of replant and stuff like that, you get to a, a reconstruction and harmony. And harmony means that I'm, I'm now seeking relationships and reconciliation. I'm more connected. I, that relationships become much more important. I, I'm more interested in the relationship with somebody rather than I'm willing to fight about you believe this and I believe that. Because the, the, like with your, your son going, right now the most important thing is not trying to change his mind. It's to love him as a, as a father and let him know that I love him, and that we're, and that becomes the most important part. Uh, I think it's seeking areas of agreement at the same time recognizing that we're going to not always agree on everything. But if it's about relationships, then it's about connection. Okay, uh, it's a willingness to respect and learn from others, not just tolerate somebody with other ideas. But it's like, you know, and and I've mentioned this. 
every time when when we've had groups in in Rome, and just as we're, I had this little speech prepared. Just as we're pulling into the Vatican on our way to the Vatican Museum, I'm trying to say, guys, you're going to see a lot of gold. <laughs> you're going to see a lot of stuff. But at the same time, don't reject the beautiful truths that have been taught by people like Julian of Norwich. And there's a rich history of people that love God. And there are things here to, be, to learn from, from the church. And a worship and an awe and a reverence of, of, of God. And, and so don't be so fast to just go, well, it's all... In simplicity, we'd go, we have, they have nothing to teach us. If we're going to do the absolute apostasy, then the, the apostles died and nothing good happened until Joseph walked into the grove. <laughs> Rather than saying, look at the centuries and generations of great loving people that love God and were just trying to do the best they knew how to do. Um, okay, so it's a willingness to respect and learn from others. And, and, we, and as opposed to in simplicity, where you can know all truth, I think harmony is where we go, I'm really comfortable not having answers on Mother in Heaven. <laughs> I'm not going to know. It hasn't been given us to know. I don't have to know those things. I'm gonna, there are answers that I don't have yet and I'm comfortable not knowing. Where in simplicity, I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to know. Okay? Yeah? Well, I may stand all by myself. <laughs> but... I think all the all the things you pulled out, and some of the things that we've been stru- or I've been struggling with with some inactive kids. That's right. That's right. But I don't see it as linear. I think it's like I mean, I mean it's like tree, like a tree trunk when it all grows on each other. It's just like a ball when I roll around, and sometimes I'm simplistic, and sometimes I'm yes, and, perfect. I would like it not to change so much. I would like to be this way when this says this, but I'm really simplistic. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, hold, hold on. Okay, hold on. I, I told you I'm in simplicity, right? Yes. Uh, and I haven't told you why yet. Okay. So, so here, here's, some of the, here's one thing that I realized this, and I, and I wish I could claim credit for this, but an, another scholar smarter than me has looked at these stages, and here's what he came up with. Guess what you're looking at here with all these... St- it's, the, it's the plan of exaltation. What, what was simplicity? The creation. Heaven and earth. Light and dark. Land and sea. It was, a, it was about start... Which tree are you going to eat from? Everything about the creation is simplicity. It's where we build from. And it's about opposites. And it's, and it's always about opposites. There must be opposition in all things. Simplicity. Okay? So, where does complexity come from? What is that? Yes. The fall. Yes, right. That, that's it. Right? Complexity was the fall. Where the, you're going to have to learn by your own experience now and in order to do that I've got to kick you out of the fortress I've got to kick you out of the circle and now you're going to have to go struggle and grow things and so that, that comes there comes the fall okay now what I realized was when does, when does harmony kick in that's the atonement 
It's the at one month. It's harmonizing. It's bringing it all together. Okay? That's the atonement. Now, when I was going through this, I realized, wait a minute, there's a piece in between here that's missing. And it's the perplexity thing. Guess what that is? That's mortality. (laughs) That's the struggle that we're talking about. That the perplexity of thinking we know and then we didn't know and then we doubt this and we learn something new. And by the way, I think I think there are times that we hop back and forth between these. Okay, uh, and and one of the, and one of the final things. Then I said I was in simplicity. I think I am because I think ultimately when when you when you really kind of latch onto this and see it for what it is, um, uh, you actually tend to hop back up to simplicity and you go, you know what? It's about love. <laughs> It's about love or not loving, and to me that's a very simplistic place, but it's about am I loving or not? Am I living the law of love? The goal is to go from harmony up to tolerance, simplicity. Even more than tolerance. It's about, it's it's full-throated love, I think. Because tolerance could be patronizing. It could be, yeah. Well, don't you see it all coming together, that circle, is that is perfection? Perfection is not... Because we all think perfect is not making mistakes. Perfection is... Yeah, God's not a perfectionist. No, no. It's getting it all together. It's understanding. It's having those moments where you understand the simplicity, the complexity, the perplexity, and you... Right. You're experiencing that. It's understanding that. It's all coming together. Well, not only that. Not only that. Here's here's the thing that came out of this. The... the, the guy that actually kind of framed all these that has done really well, um, he was asked about, well, wouldn't it be nice if we had like stage four wards, stage four <laughs> congregations? Everybody's in harmony. And he went, no. Nobody's no. trying to graduate. No. He says we need four stage wards, four stage churches, which is... Inside a church, you're going to have people at all of these layers. And that's why I started with the video. The video is, church is about bringing together people who are on different stages and recognizing that they all, not just we're going to tolerate them, but they are there and we're going to love them because of the contribution that they bring. Good good wards have a group of people that are very much in simplicity and they bring a straightforward, honest Simple faith that just inspires me. Okay, yeah. Whether we like it or not, we're all in stage four wards. Four stage wards. The stage four families. <laughs> and, uh, it can I, be struggle. It seems to me that you know the harmony. You're doing your best to build a relationship, and then a child will say something very hateful about the church. Yeah. I've had to, and you know, and you go back to simplicity because this is your love, this is your heart. Yeah. And uh, you know why? Right. I've had, I have learned to just, in a nice way, say, "I wish you wouldn't say that." I don't criticize what you're doing, and I have made great strides. Yeah. Not great strides, but I have made progress. And then saying, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that," and then they will open up and talk to tell me. Okay, but, but th- th- think about how that works. Let's say you have somebody in, in a war or something that's really angry at the church. Okay, Now, think about how you might approach that. If I'm in simplicity, I might just shun them. 
If I'm straight up simplicity, I don't want to talk to them, they're, they're a bad influence. If I'm in complexity, I may want to send them articles, uh, things to read, listen to podcasts. I'm going to somehow try and change your mind or I may argue with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think uh, if we're in perplexity, we may stay away from it because it's freaking me out that you're having the same kind of fears as me. <laughs> but I think if we're in harmony and it's about relationships, I think we may be more likely to say, tell me where that's coming from. What, what's gone on in your life? Give me a better view of things so that I can understand kind of what, what you're struggling with. I guess my point is my understanding of perfection, because you know we always say be that perfect. Uh-huh, yeah. And Wholeness, yeah. This, that if we are in these various stages and understand them, that is actually part of our perfection. So we look at it as we shouldn't have perplexity. We shouldn't have complexity. Right, right. And yet having them is complete. It's critical. It's a Yes, yes. So you should have, I mean, those moments are part of I know. the completeness of perfection. I, it's our perception. Okay. Part of, having a moment. <laughs> Is, is it coming out of your complexity or is yes, it coming out of your simplicity? <laughs> Good. Just go with what I mean. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, well, here's okay. I, I we're 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 kind, we're kind of running out of time for me to go exactly where I wanted to go. So we're actually going to continue this next week. But let me tell you where we're going so that you can actually think about this uh, in, in advance. It's one of the reasons why, again, I love this class because it isn't like a gospel doctrine class where when next week we have to go on to another lesson no matter what. This we get to say, we're going to continue this over. So this is going to be part two next, next week of this. But, but I, want you to, I want you to see where we're going here. Um, and it's here. The Book of Mormon goes through all the stages. Uh, you're going to find that President Nielsen's emphasis on the ongoing restoration is a guide to a divine pattern. And any group of Christians who continue to ask questions will be given answers, line upon line, but their understanding and faith will then be updated with additional light and knowledge, and it may contradict or update or grow them past where they were in a simplistic understanding beyond that. And the Book of Mormon, the Lord but but the Lord begins with where they are in their level of, of understanding. So so what we're gonna I want you to ultimately we're gonna see the Book of Mormon as kind of a walk through these various growth stages of the Nephite Empire. And what they believed at each stage grew and was given line upon line answers with the culminating thing being third Nephi and the coming of the Savior. Okay, is that a, is that a good enough tease? Okay, so you, so you might be thinking in that regard and that's kind of what we're, where we'll get started next time. So, now, final questions. We okay on the simplicity sisters over here? Yes. <laughs> okay, we're good. We're simple. Okay. It's, it's about love. It's about love. It's about love. The biggest challenge is when you're in a four. stage. Yeah, four stage. Four stage war, and you try to be like the bottom paragraph there. You try to look at where people are and their level of understanding, 
and rather than try to put them where you are, yes. try to try to figure out how they can be better off by going from where they are a little bit. Yeah, and how and they're they're surrounded by people who are who are not at the same place they are. Yeah, and can I be better off because they have some things for me that that they see th- there are there are things that they that are valuable in their view of things. And there's an awful lot of judgment and pride locked up in the word tolerance. <laughs> but, 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 but by the way, uh, oh man, I'm going I'm to steal my life. Do you know we're supposed to judge? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we are supposed to judge. Judge righteous judgment. But we're supposed to judge what? Righteous. What they need, not what they deserve. Right. Adam Miller. So, All right. Uh, wow. Good class. Good class. Hopefully this gives you some things to kind of chew on. You can kind of take a look at it and decide where you think you are. Uh, because I think we move around. It's not linear uh, based on what we're hearing and where we're, our growth is. Uh, because ultimately it's, it's this struggle of mortality that means we're going to be confronted by a lot of that. So I bear in my testimony the Lord intends us to grow. And I leave that with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us for another Monday morning class. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any suggestions about future topics that we could discuss, or if you had any questions concerning something that you heard in the class, please drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. As always, if you happen to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please come in and join us on a Monday morning. We'd love to see you and identify who you are. If the podcast itself is resonating with you, go ahead and click subscribe uh, so that Apple can figure out where we are. We'd love to, to hear from you. So again, thank you for coming, and we'll see you for another Monday morning class.